Our weapon of choice is the power of prayer. It seems like a routine message when you talk about the power of prayer. What else can I hear that would move me about the power of prayer? That is until you begin to quiz yourself and you ask this question, for example, do I pray enough? Oh, pastor, you know, how much is enough? Do you pray enough? Do you pray as much as you need to to believe God for the miraculous? Are there things in your life that no doubt you have let the enemy steal away from you, your family, or your children, simply because you haven't continued to knock on the door and demand that the enemy loose his grip on those things that God intended for you? May I share with you that you and I will not only lose the battle as believers, but we will die a spiritual death unless we learn the priority of prayer in our day-to-day walk with Almighty God. And it has to be more than just in a car. We automatically pray in the car on the highways around here. But it has to be more to where we drill down. The kind of prayer that when my eyes were giving me a fit and it was difficult and we couldn't come out of the whirlwind that we were in spiraling downward. And, and I called the church board and church said, get that board together. Why don't you put your hands together for a great church board, everybody. They're a good group of individuals. We called them together. And I said to them, there's only one thing I want you to pray. I'm going to be, I'm just going to be selfish. I want you to gather together in the sanctuary, and I want you to pray for me. I want you to pray that this eyesight thing will stop, that the pressure in my eyes will go to five when they stick the needle in and pull out the fluid, and the next morning it's back up to 40 and 40 plus. I want that to stop. It is going on week after week. They met, they prayed. The next day I went for the appointment, and they said, we don't know what happened, something must have happened. It's not up this morning. I said, somebody in the house pray and ask God for a divine miracle. Amen. If you've ever been the recipient to a miracle, put your hands together and let's let him hear as we raise the roof together. God is good in the power of almighty prayer. We know and we've heard the story of the early African converts who one of the things that they teach them right up front is to learn to pray make prayer a daily habit. And so we know that often they would go into the thicket of the jungle there and and have a well-worn path wherever it was that they made their altar. It reminded me of my grandfather's. I was young. We had an old orange crate out in the middle of the swamp. It wasn't a forest. It was a swamp next to the canal. It wasn't a river. It was a canal. But my granddad went a path, and we were there often every single day seeking out God. These individuals, the early African believers, they would go and pray and spend time in prayer. Oh, but you would know by watching carefully if a path began to grow grass, then everybody in the community know, knew that somebody hasn't been making their way to the altar. I ask myself the question, God, how do, how do we know when we haven't prayed enough? It'll show up in your spirit, man. It'll show up in fear. It'll show up in anxiousness. It'll show up in a lot of ways. But when we pray, it brings a peace that passes all understanding. But I'm not talking about just a simple prayer. 
I'm talking to you today because one of the things that we must remember is prayer helps in spiritual warfare. It does. In our country, America, right now, we are in the greatest battle of spiritual warfare that you could ever imagine. There is a battle going on. Why? Because it appears that Christianity and a faith in Almighty God and a faith in our country is coming back again. Prayer in some educational schools, of course, today. And the devil is fighting and angry and mad over it every step of the way. Often we stand back and say, oh, praise God, it's back again. I'm here to tell you for it to stay, we must dig down in prayer and say, God, let that be a beginning. Let the name of Jesus Christ once again be heard in the halls of government because the church took a step to pray and push back the powers of darkness. Somebody say amen. Prayer is the link to God and communication to us. The devil, I am absolutely convinced, believes in the power of prayer. He believes in the power of prayer. And warfare of darkness is alive and well. An individual named Steve in this true story was on a flight traveling across the United States. He was in business class and there was someone of course, on the, across the aisle from him, he looked to be 50 or so years of age. He had a goatee, of course, and, and he had cards, and he was whispering and moving cards and moving cards. And Steve was in, intrigued by that. And uh, Steve said, hi, hi, how are you doing? You look, you look like that you're praying. And he said, I am praying. And he said, oh, you are. Steve said, well, boy, thank God. I, 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 I enjoy prayer. I believe in prayer. And he said, well, I, I'm praying for a specific, a specific reason. Steve said, boy, I believe in positive prayer. I believe in praying specifically. He says, well, you may not agree with me because it sounds like that, that you're a Christian leader. Steve said, oh, I am. I am. Praise the Lord. He said, well, on these cards are the names of pastors that have been assigned to me in my community and I'm praying for their downfall. I'm praying for their churches to fall. I'm praying for their staff to fall. That's my prayer. Steve said, well, do you have my name on that list? He said, unfortunately, you're not from my community, but if you were, I would be praying for your downfall. You say, wow, if an unbelieving individual that I believe is demonically influenced is play, praying for a Christian pastor's downfall, I'm thinking, shouldn't the church be praying for the Christian leaders building up in the faith and the protection of the church? Do you know what it means when you say, I plead the blood over my family? Do you know what that means? It goes way back to the Old Testament where the death angel came through, of course, and he said, put that blood over the doorpost. And you know what? That transferred on over into the New Testament. Sharon and I often will say, we just plead the blood of Jesus Christ over that situation. We plead the blood over them that they'll be saved. We plead the blood and believe that no curse will come against them. We are trusting you, Almighty God. Our text tells us about the struggle, and our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It just isn't against flesh and blood. But we know that our struggle is against principalities and darkness. Often, here's what happens. 
because we get, like the church at Sardis, we get a little comfortable. And until we have something that we really have to pray about, we don't pray as intensely maybe as we should. And then often what happens, human nature takes over after we prayed and prayed and prayed, and nothing supernaturally has taken place. We just kind of slip, slip back into neutral again. And the enemy says, yep, yep, you can't stay persistent about anything. Often we discount the power and the influence of the enemy of our soul. His name is Lucifer. He is the devil, and Satan is very real, and he has an agenda for you, your family, and those around you. We often become mesmerized by the routineness of life. We often fight through the reasoning of mind. Well, I know, but man, it takes a lot of effort. We often fail to realize the power of prayer and the battle that we fight in spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is real. John Bunyan said this, He who runs from God in the morning, he who runs from God in the morning will scarcely find him the rest of the day. So he said, if you discount that morning and say, I, I'm, God, I don't have time, I don't understand, and, and God tugs on you, he said, you'll scarcely find him the rest of the day. What is the priority of prayer? Let me share with you out of Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. How? It's through prayer. It's through that power of prayer. In athletics, what happens on the field of play often is directly related to what happened on the practice field before the game. Tom Landry quote, and this is what he said, the job of a football coach is to make man do what they don't want to do in order to achieve what they've always wanted to be. So you boys, you cannot be a champion and be a winner unless you're willing to pay the price and do the discipline and do the exercise. Prayer is not a priority. Here's what it looks like. It's like the earth without the sun to shine. It's like a human body without a heart. It's dead. It's like an athlete with no discipline. It's like an ocean with no shore. It's like a ship without a rudder. It's like a vehicle without an engine. It's useless. It's like a football game without a ball, and it's like a sailboat with no wind. All of those examples are dead. So here's what the key is. The enemy will do everything that he can to cause us to treat prayer just as something that we do in an occasional position. But I'm not talking about, now Jesus, you touch us today. I'm talking about those times when you drill down and say, God, it's you and it's me. I skipped this meal because there's some things that are happening in my family, on my job, and I'm not going to whine about it. I'm not going to murmur about it. I'm going to take it to prayer, and I'm going to tell the devil that he has no power, he has no authority, he has no influence because the blood covering of Jesus Christ through the anointing of the Holy Spirit is going to change this because I believe when I pray, God answers prayer. Are you there? He answers prayer. Prayer 
is a spiritual discipline that will engage the devil in, in satanic warfare. 2 Timothy 2 says, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Timothy, I want you to endure, endure hardships as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete, he doesn't receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. In other words, he says, put on that full armor. Put on that full armor. God, here am I. You've got major issues? Drill down in prayer. You've got specific challenges? Drill down in prayer. You've got something that you need to take place in the way of a miracle? Drill down in prayer. And do not become weary in well-doing. A British soldier, he left the ranks of the compound and went in the woods. He came back. He was caught and taken to his uh, military authority. And the military authority said, what were you doing? He said, well, I, I went out in the woods just to pray. He said, no, you're charged with talking with the enemy. Why in the world would anyone in their right mind leave the compound and go out into the woods there and come out unless he had an agenda? And that would be to talk to the enemy. He said, no, sir, sir, I went to pray. Believe me, I, I just needed to pray. He said, well, I tell you what, right now, right now fall on your knees and begin to pray how many of you could pray right on notice i mean get down there and turn it loose now this young private he thought my life's on the line my life's on the line he fell down and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed with enthusiasm he prayed with power he prayed with anointing. He prayed in the Holy Spirit. And when he got finished and the anointing left him, the ranking officer of authority said, all right, you can, you can get up now. I believe what you say. Here's what he said. If you hadn't been often at drill, he said, you couldn't have done so well in review. And I'm telling you, may God bring us back to get to the place to say, God, I'm going to get in the drill over and over and over again. Why? The church and the mission of the church is fragile as it is. We need to build it up in prayer. Somebody say amen. Uh, well, what about the power of prayer? You know, the power will shut your mouth, the power of prayer. You'll find yourself that you're not critical as much and you won't murmur as much and you won't be sad as much. When the Holy Spirit comes down as you're praying, it will fire you up. Amen? It will fire you up. You say, but I ain't going to be lonely. It will fire you up. Power of prayer, Ephesians 6, 16. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming crosses and errors of the evil one. The power, word power is the ability to act or produce an effect. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by Hallmark movies. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by www whatever it is. By the what? By the Word of God. 
by the Word of God. Do you know that many of the children in Christian families don't know the Word of God? They don't have the family devotions that take the old stories when some of you were raised. It was called Sunday school. And you had a gospel story. And you learned that it was not Job on the ark. You learned that it was Joseph on the ark. You learned all of those things, and those things stuck. But today, here's the study that I just did. The young people, the children of the Christian churches today are illiterate and ignorant about the Word of God. In Christian stories, biblical stories, that's sad. That's power. The word power the ability to act or affect, the shield of faith comes from the relationship that we have with God, and that relationship is built by prayer. Jude 29, but you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Build yourself up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Build yourself up in the holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Find you a prayer closet. Have you a place that you and God just talk together? And if you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you can use that heavenly language. Somebody say amen. And I'm here to tell you, it will fire you up. Somebody say amen. It will fire you up. Build yourself up in the most holy faith. Why? Because a dart is coming to take you out. Some lie from the enemy will come and cause you to become lackadaisical, half-committed, You'll begin to choose your own shot. Sunday won't really matter to you, and you'll find yourself out of the flow of ministry. And that's not what God wants. God wants us engaged by the power of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus turned to Peter and declared, the gates of hell shall... Say it again, shall... They shall not. Why shouldn't they? Because God said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against my bride. That's a fact. The gates of hell might prevail against you because you're not ready. The gates of hell might prevail against you as it relates to your spirit, but it will not prevail against my church because my church is a sacred organism that belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. They will not prevail there. And he says to the church, your most valuable weapon of choice. How many of you have guns? May I see you have? You have guns. How many proud to have your gun? I'm not asking if you got it on tonight. You know what my fear is? And I, I'd say one of, one of my fears, I have several. <laughs> it, it is. But one is something were to happen here and somebody came in and were to come and, and, and take a shot at me. Now, I'm fast.
He said, about 10 or 15 of you have guns. And you stand up and shoot at whoever might be coming after me, and I get caught in the crossfire. Because <laughs> most people that carry guns, it's been a while since they went to target practice. My gun, if I had to use it, somebody better run. It will hit something. It may not hit what I'm aiming at, but it will hit something. But see, the devil never misses. He's right on target to come after us. In spiritual warfare, here's what we do. We advance toward the enemy. We don't run from him. We don't let him have the advantage. We run toward him and advance as David did the giant under the anointing with spiritual authority and confidence and victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. The result of prayer is measured by the power of one's faith. And power comes when you are prayed up. How many remember that statement? You are pray I am prayed up. Hallelujah. You're filled with faith. You know who your enemy is. You know where the target is. And you are confident of God's word. And Satan, my friend, is not afraid of a prayerless, powerless believer. But he is, he is afraid of one that he knows has been in the prayer closet fighting the battle of faith. We won't build a church on programs. We won't see people come to the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right over here. Right over here. The cement man. Raise your hand, brother. Horst. Right here. Today. Is that right? Today. Today. The message this morning. Had an individual came to service him, a concrete or something. And so he asked the man, I'm, I'm using your story. I get a nod. Yes. Is that good? That's good. Because if you said no, I'd have used it anyway. <laughs> But I'm glad you did that. Came to deliver concrete or something. But he asked him the question. If you were to die, are you ready to go to heaven or ready to go where you think you'd spend eternity? And the man said, well, uh, I hope, I hope heaven. Well, that's good. You hope heaven. He pressed in a little bit more. And he says, well, how would you like to know for sure today before you leave? For sure that you're going to heaven. He said, that, that would be good. He prayed a sinner's prayer with the man. Is that correct? That's right. You do in your head. Prayed a sinner's prayer with the man. And when he got through, the man was weeping, hugged his neck, and said, thank you. You know what we did? He reached down into the fire of hell to pull out that guy that didn't know that he was lost and wrote his name in the Lamb's book of life. Do you think the enemy's going to let that slide? No. Come on if you've got a clap, everybody. Do you think for one minute that the enemy of our soul is going to let that slide? He's not afraid. He comes out. So what do we do? We say, God, one more time. Amen? We're not afraid to engage. Now, number three, the persistence of prayer. Ephesians 6, 18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. In other words, pray morning, noon, and night. I'm praying. You just pray. 
Paul said in Ephesians 6, 13, Therefore, put on the full armor of God. And when the day of evil comes, you're going to be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, you're just going to stand. Oh, yes, we are. He says, be persistent. Turn to your neighbor and say, be persistent. Be persistent. Be persistent. You see, it means, it means to persevere until you pray through. I can't leave here because I don't have a release. I can't make another move because I don't have a release. Many times in church here, I've said, folks, we love to dismiss, but there's one more thing that we need to do that you can't get away from. And every time, it just unnerves me. And I said, God, I want to be right, but here's, here's how I manage that. I'd rather be, I'd rather be, I'd rather be right in my spirit. And something happened miraculously than to not take a step of faith. And God had a mighty miracle he wanted to perform. But because I didn't listen, it did not happen. We are on target. The Bible is filled with individuals who persevered, holding on to God. In Jacob, at Penel, in Genesis 32, he held on to the angel of the Lord, and he said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm going to persevere. It was Elisha raising the Shunammite woman's son from the dead. In 2 Kings 4, verse number 8, Elijah sent his staff ahead and his servant Gehazi, and he said, when you get there, lay on the body, nothing happened. And when, of course, Elisha got there, he laid over that body, stretched himself out, and nothing happened. The kid was still unconscious, dead, so they say. He simply said, I'm not letting go. I came to see a miracle. He stretched himself over it again, and this time the boy sneezed seven times and got up and went on his way. What if Elisha had stopped? Oh, my Lord, have mercy, friend. Let me give you words of encouragement. There are prayers that you are this far away from pushing that thing through the steel veil of the enemy and breaking down the walls. And if we just say one more time, Lord, one more time, one more time, God, I'm going to persevere through it. It is blind Bartimaeus crying out to Jesus on the streets of Jericho. Jesus, it says, that did not hear him. Others said, Brian Bartimaeus, why don't you be quiet? Blind Bartimaeus said, I can't be quiet because I know that is my miracle. Jesus heard him when he was crying out. And what did Jesus do in a moment's notice? Because he persevered, he gave him his sight that he could see as clearly as can be. Listen, church, it's not out there, the market. It's not the marketplaces. It's not the media. It's not the politics. It is the church of Jesus Christ that said we are going to take back that which the enemy has stolen from us and we're going to persevere until we see the supernatural power of God come into play by the grace of a living God. My family, my family will be saved by the grace of God as we persevere. Jesus said, when telling the story, he said, men ought to always pray 
and not what? Faint. Men ought to always pray and not faint. You just stay with it. You say, God, I know whom I have believed. I believe there's an anointing. I believe there's a Savior. I believe there's a miracle. I believe there's something that you want to do. We can tear down. We can, we must tear down the strongholds of darkness. And the answer to every situation is to pray. I'm getting ready to close it, so you guys come on up. When you pray, God will give you new knowledge, give you new understanding, give you new revelation, give you new anointing, give you new courage, give you new perspective, give you new resolve. It'll drive doubt and fear back to the pit where they belong. But you and I have the privilege of saying, Satan, you give your best shot. I'm going to put calluses. I'm going to wear this place out. I'm going to reach out. And something is going to happen that will be unbelievable and undeniable. So if you believe that, you put God to the test. Would you stand, please, Heavenly Father? Thank you for this moment. Thank you for our online guest. Thank you, the precious Holy Spirit. Thank you. For God who is unmovable, thank you for a tool that you've given us that works every single time. It is the power. It is the weapon of prayer. I drive back unbelief. I drive back casualness. I drive back apathy. I drive back everything that would get in the way of a vibrant church, a vibrant group of believers, a vibrant men's group, women's group, youth group, small group, a vibrant ministry in the dream center, a vibrant ministry on the trip, God, that we have lined up over the summer for missions. We are believing and we serve notice on the enemy. There is a new spirit that's blowing here and it is bathed by the power and the anointing of prayer. Those of you that are online and those of you that are listening now, I know that God is able. Maybe your heart is not right with Jesus. Maybe, just maybe, you've not been walking right, and maybe you're not sure, not sure that you're, you're going to go to heaven. You can be sure right now. You're online, and you're watching, and you're not sure. Be sure you can know that you can be sure by the grace of God. So I ask you to let's repeat this prayer together. Here we go, everybody. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God. I repent of my sins. I believe by faith that if I ask for forgiveness, you will forgive me. So I repent and I humble my heart and I ask you, Lord Jesus, use my life to make a difference where I live, to make a difference among my friends, and to make a difference in my church. I claim this promise and I believe this prayer in Jesus' name. Let's put our hands together and let's thank him for that. So here it is. It's time that we say, all right, God, I've got some issues. I got some things that I want to tell the devil, I rebuke you. Here's what the Bible says. If you agree with someone, 
two or three agree together on any one thing, it says God will move in that behalf of that need. So that's why that if you're here and you feel the pull of the Holy Spirit and something that's been bothering you or a need that you know, God, that's got to come to pass. Then you come and you hold and have prayer and that two or three gather together and God will unleash. I promise you, according to this word, God will unleash his power and push back the power of darkness and we can say with all sincerity, Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And maybe you need to go on and say, and I mean it this time. God will work his wonder. If you're sick in your body, we know what the Bible says. You come down. We're going to sing this song through, and we're going to wait for you to respond. You want to do that? We'll wait on you right now. Here we go, everybody. Let's worship out there, everybody.
one more moment. And I don't want to give the benediction. And I want you to stay with me. Father, in your name, whomever has not responded, it is valuable in the eternal realm for them to respond. The process that they're using now is rational. But in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, arrest those who've yet to make the move and they sense the Holy Spirit, but they've not taken the step. So in the name of Jesus, I rebuke it and I declare, God, that the moment I quit praying, a mighty release of the Holy Spirit will cause us to be absolutely obedient. Let it be so, and I claim it in Jesus' name, amen. If you're yet to come, you come now, friend. God's blessed you to release you to come on down. Come on down right now. Amen. Everybody feel good in your spirit. No one disobeying, right? I'm assuming no one is disobeying the Lord. I'm assuming that everyone has done exactly as the Holy Spirit has instructed you. Am I good in being able to say that? Amen? Amen. So, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would seal our commitments. Let the divine anointing not leave when we walk out the door, but let it go with us. I pray that you will strike in our heart a greater need to call out your name and to pray. I pray that we'll be obedient in every step of our life. I pray that you would give us wisdom and guidance. I pray that lost people, Father God, 
will be found because of the effective ministry of what happens in the lives of this congregation. I pray God that the prayer, that the prayer emphasis will increase in the name of the Lord in every family and meet every need. And we give you praise and honor and glory. And everybody said, amen. Put your hands together one more time. How about the least singers, everybody? How about them? God bless you, love you. Thanks for being here.